You're listening to Transforming Insight, the podcast for anyone who has the ambition to transform their insight team and create an insight-driven organization. Your host is James Witcherly, Chief Executive of the Insight Management Academy and the author of the book Transforming Insight, The 42 Secrets of Successful Corporate Insight Teams. Hello again, and welcome to the latest episode of the Transforming Insight podcast. This is the first of season five, and it's called All About the People. Many years ago, I had to sit through the most excruciating leaving speech I've ever heard. The guy who was leaving was a big boss, an exceptionally capable business leader, but a man who, to be honest, many people thought could be a real monster to work for. He routinely sacrificed his junior colleague's happiness, work-life balance, and sense of self-worth to the greater glory of his own ambition. And the entire business division that he led was extremely relieved when he announced that he was going. I'll leave it to you to think about whether any of your management team could be described that way. But in his speech on the last day, he astounded everyone by declaring how much he would miss us, and finished by saying, because at the end of the day, it's all about the people, isn't it? Now on that day, many years ago, there was an awkward silence before we remembered that we were supposed to clap. But that closing phrase has often come back to me over the years, because when it comes to developing an effective insight team, it really is all about the people. As insight leaders, we all want to develop the most effective insight function we can. And in the Transforming Insight book, and in the first four seasons of our podcast, we've already covered lots of ways of doing that. Things like the importance of defining insights and insight, and appreciating that the true purpose of an insight team is to identify value for our organisations and to drive change within them. The many ways we can improve our department's ability to identify value through generating new insights and also by farming big picture customer knowledge. The mindset and behaviour necessary to drive change through influence and communication. And in the last season, the responsibility that all insight leaders share for identifying a strategy for insight including a vision showing the difference insight could make in our particular companies. But a focus on what our departments do and which processes they follow is no substitute for thinking about our people, about their skills and how we did best deploy them. Back in episode 28, I said that fewer than one in every six large organisations has an insight strategy. But the IMA's benchmarking shows that even fewer have a structured plan for thinking about their inside people. This makes no sense to me. Faced with a choice between choosing great people who need to adopt new processes, or having great processes but a mediocre team with poorly balanced skills and little aptitude for the job, I think very few leaders would go for the mediocre team. Clever analysts, incisive researchers, creative insight managers, these people bring joy to working in an insight team and they unlock a world of potential for organisations that want to use customer and market understanding to improve business performance. So how do insight leaders improve this situation? I think the starting point is to map the various aspects involved and to establish some key principles for each area. My map would include things like Number 1. The nature of the insight leader's role Is leading an insight team the same as leading any other corporate department, or does it provide some unique challenges that we should recognise and embrace? Number two, the skills and attributes of the people in our teams. 
which are critical to the roles we need people to play, which do insight leaders find it most difficult to define and develop. Number three, the insight perspective that we need to adopt. Beyond skills and attributes, I think we should think hard about how our teams look at the world and approach our work, and work then with other departments. Number four, the best ways to recruit insight people, given the perspective and the multiple skills and attributes that we're looking for. How a successful insight leader set about finding new team members. And number five, the common issues we have to deal with concerning teamwork. How do our people work together? How do we make sure that this generates the best outcomes for our departments? Once we've reflected on these issues, we can then think about where we'd like to get to and how far away from that we are at the moment. The IMA has given 400 insight leaders or more the opportunity to benchmark their insight teams over the last five years. And having seen the scores, believe me, there's no insight function in the world that's got every aspect of developing its insight people completely nailed. But there is a marked difference between the evidence provided by some teams and the norm. We should also remember our insight strategy, the topic that dominated our podcast episodes in season four. Like many other parts of insight leadership, it's important to keep referring to the insight strategy we have helped our organizations create so that the way we develop our people is consistent with our broader aim for insight. And finally, I think it's a question of having the discipline and focus to behave in a way that both supports and inspires other people every day. Too many senior managers in organisations talk a great game about leading people when asked specific questions about their approach, or like the boss I mentioned at the start of this episode, they like to pontificate on the importance of their colleagues when they reflect on their own careers. But successful people leadership means routinely prioritising time with our colleagues, embedding our principles through constant repetition, and then considering the unique position of each of our colleagues and the considered advice and authentic support we can offer. You're listening to the Transforming Insight podcast published by the Insight Management Academy, the world's leading authority on transforming corporate insight teams. In the second half of today's episode, I thought it might be useful to look quickly at a topic which many insight leaders think might have big implications for the way we lead and develop our people over the coming months and years the advent of generative AI. It's a topic that we discussed at the Insight Forums in Manchester and London in July, and again, then again at the online forum in September with our UK and US colleagues. And I'm sure we'll return to it frequently over the next few months and years. My colleague at the IMA, Julia Joski, has framed these discussions, and she started them by observing that if you were to attend every webinar and conference session on AI at the moment, you'd hear everything from AI will help organisations to become more insight-driven, to AI will take all our jobs. So how do we pick our way through the mass of contradictory predictions being made and take a sensible view of the implications of AI for insight teams and insight people? I think it helps to use the IMA's eight best practice territories as a framework here, starting with insight generation. This is the one that nearly everyone seems to be talking about at the moment, or rather, they're talking about one or two particular aspects of it, namely survey research and how AI can already, or could potentially, help organisations to write better surveys or interpret the results more quickly, whilst being mindful of the potential for the surveys themselves to have been completed by bots. 
Now, this aspect is being discussed so much at the moment that I'm not going to say very much more about it, except that everything seems to point to me to the increased importance of human intervention at critical points, nailing the underlying business issue before new research and analysis begins, developing hypotheses for that research or analysis to investigate, critically examining the results and developing a narrative for what's going on and the implications for company decisions. Let I do the things that AI can do best, and human beings do the things that they can do best. So the takeout for the IMA on this one is that consultancy and detective skills and commercial thinking are going to become even more important, even as the amount of time taken by some research and analysis tasks might decrease. The second best practice territory is insight knowledge, knowledge farming, as we described it in earlier episodes of our podcast. And the good news here seems to be that when AI is applied to knowledge management search functions, it can speed up the internal research process and make it easier for stakeholders to engage with previous research findings. This doesn't remove our insight team's responsibility for joining the dots and drawing big picture insights about key customer markets, segments, categories, products, channels and brands, of course. But it might free up more time for us to do that and encourage insight teams to spend more time harvesting knowledge from previous work. And that's got to be great news for everyone. As Emma said in our Summer Roundtable podcast, investing time in big picture knowledge farming is something that practically every insight team struggles to do at the moment. So if AI presents us with opportunities to do it more effectively and efficiently, that's going to be great. But we do need to make that commitment to do it in the first place. The third and fourth best practice territories are influence and communication. And our early takeout here is positive for our insight people as well. Again, providing we all embrace the paramount importance of influencing decision makers and communicating our customer and market knowledge across organisations to start with. AI may help with the tools and tactics, I'm sure it will, but this just elevates the need for insight people to develop and check the narrative to be communicated and step up to the plate when it comes to talking to senior people, something we're going to be discussing at the November Insight Forums. But there's a parallel danger here for me. If we don't encourage our insight managers, researchers and analysts to behave like internal consultants, then the advent of AI could encourage the rest of the organisation to self-serve from both trustworthy and non-trustworthy sources, in fact be oblivious to the difference between them, or indeed to set up separate divisions within the organisation that focus on leveraging AI but without them having the contextual knowledge and critical thinking skills that insight teams value. So this takes us into the final four best practice territories, the management territories, leading insight strategy and insight people, and optimising insight's impact through positioning and commerciality. Developing an insight strategy for all our organisations, reflecting on the position of insight in the hearts, minds and decision-making processes of our companies, and developing an insight people plan, all these things give us the opportunity to work out how our organisation can utilise AI to improve its decision making, how AI may reshape the optimum position for the insight function within that process, and how we can then make sure we design appropriate roles within our team and recruit and develop people with the skills and attributes to perform well in them. In some ways, all those things should be BAU considerations for insight teams. And if you lead the team, or aspire to lead it, 
or consider yourself one of the senior insight managers, researchers or analysts in it, well, you should be thinking about those things every day anyway. The advent of AI is just one more factor to, to consider. But it could be a really critical one. And it certainly looks like it's going to be one that senior management, media and industry commentators obsess about for the next few years. So let's embrace it and use the fact that AI might present a climate change moment for insight teams and their organisations to focus our minds on the purpose and role of an insight team and the way in which we lead, recruit and develop our insight people. In the Transforming Insight book, I said that the 26th secret of successful insight teams is that they recognise the importance of developing their insight people. If your company is a member of the IMA, and if you have a licence to access the online library on our website, you can now explore lots of topics relating to leading insight people in the IMP 600 series of guides and the IMV 600 series of videos. The IMA team can also provide advice and mentoring for individuals within companies that want to make progress on this. So here's five key points that you might like to take away from today's podcast. Number one, insight leaders should constantly think about our people, their skills and how we can deploy them. Number two, leading insight people is right up there with leading insight strategy when it comes to our key responsibilities as senior leaders. Number three, the starting point is to write an insight people plan and map critical aspects, including the unique nature of the insight leader's own role, something we'll look at a lot more soon. Number four, we need to align our insight people plan with our work on insight strategy and make sure that the design of our team and the investment we put into recruitment and team development sits comfortably with our vision for insight within our organisation. And number five, Insight leaders and senior managers need to devote serious time and attention to working on the people aspect of their roles every day, whilst keeping one eye on how big climate change issues like AI might affect the balance of what we need our people to do. Now, many corporate leaders would say that all these principles would really apply in any management role in any corporate department. And to some extent, I think I'd agree. But I also think that insight leaders face some specific challenges. So in the next episode, I'm going to challenge you to spend a bit of time thinking about the role of the insight leader. Maybe that's a role you already have, or a role you aspire to have, or maybe it's a role you've observed others doing, maybe well, maybe badly. But if it interests you, please join me for the next episode of our Transforming Insight podcast. Thank you for listening. Transforming Insight is available on all leading podcast platforms. Subscribe now to get notified when the next episode is released. Check out all the resources in the show notes and sign up to our email list. The Transforming Insight podcast is brought to you by the Insight Management Academy, who reserves the rights to the content. For more information on any of the ideas discussed in the episode, please visit www.insight-management.org.